Hello. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, moms. Are we ready to start this wonderful conversation we're going to have? Yeah. This is going to be fun. This is going to be real fun, okay? So let's start off. Um, I'm going to have you say who you are and how many kids you have and how long you've been part of the mission. So I'm Jan Elrod, had to remember, and we've been a part of the mission um, for about four years, off and on, and then the last two or three years full time. And we have uh, six kids all together, but the four mainly that I had influence on will be the ones, you know, because two of the ones were older. So, Gotcha. Cool. Okay, Kiana. I'm Kiana. Hello. I <laughs> uh, have five biological and one bonus son. And uh, I've been at the mission for six and a half years, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Woo. Hi, I'm Lisa. Woo. I have three. <laughs> That's my husband. <laughs> I have three kids. I have a nine, a seven, and a four-year-old. I'm Joanne. Um, I mom the youth group, so I've got a lot. No, just kidding. <laughs> I have, I have um, two biological kids, one adopted kid who you would never know he was adopted because he's just, he's my son as much as anything else. But we've been at the mission full time for about two years. We came back right after we opened after COVID. Um, but we've been in the mission since for four years, a little over four years. And Jan, being the only grandmother on the panel, how many grandkids do you have? So our, uh, in October, our 20th grandchild will be born. And then, yes, our 20th. It's amazing. What? And we've had a couple times in our life that we've been asked to be grandparents, and so we are grandparents to four children here in the church. So, wow. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Okay, so we're just going to have a little conversation this morning. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, and I'm just, thank you for being a part of this. This is going to be really special, and I just really appreciate you talking to me this morning. <laughs> okay. We love you, Dad. Yep. <laughs> love you, too. Question, first question. And just feel free to anybody jump in, and it's not for one particular person, okay? So what is your definition of being a mom, and how has it changed over the years? When I, like, we got the questions ahead of time, so just <laughs> full disclosure. She has notes. I don't even and have I do, notes. And I do, and I have notes. Like, we don't come so that we don't have any dead air, because that's how we roll. But anyway, um, my, yeah, that's a mom who said that, because that's right. Um, for me, when I got this question, I was like, sitting and pondering and sitting and pondering and sitting and pondering. I'm like, I don't have a definition, I don't actually know that there is one. I think I had, when I, when I was, before I had kids, which I think we all did before we had kids, we had ideas of what good momming would look like. Am I right? Very true. But Very true. <laughs> as, as I've become one and fostered and adopted and, and gone through all of the different ages and stages we have so far, I'm like, I have absolutely no definition of what a mother is <laughs> whatsoever. Personally, I'm sure you ladies have wisdom that I'm willing to glean from. Please help. <laughs> I would say, what's a mother not? I mean, that might be easier to define, but because yeah, there's so, yeah. everything, you know, really. But, you know, in the formative years, when they're before seven, you're molding and shaping and pouring into. And it was very important to me that my kids were filled with Jesus and the word and Bible quiz and missionettes and all that kind of stuff, the Christian education. And it's not just about what you're pouring into them. It's what you're guarding to not let into them. 
And so I was often accused as um, being extreme (laughs) and, you know, not letting them do all the things that everybody else was doing by my friends and my kids. Um, I remember when Luke was the youngest, he was the youngest. So when he was about sixth grade and Brittany was like ninth grade and Scott was home, he was about 19 and Philip was in and out in master's commission. And we decided for the first time, for whatever reason, to get cable TV. And it was 200 channels, but by the time I blocked all the channels I didn't want them to have, they're like, Mom, why did we even get cable TV, right? And so, um, but then it changed, you know, like now all of our kids are grown, so it's, I'm just like a support. Try to be what each kid needs when they need it, how they need it, and yeah. That's awesome. Anybody else? For me, when I first started having kids, I literally felt like it, my job was just to keep them alive. <laughs> Honestly, I, it was very Absolutely. stressful. It was super stressful. And every year on their birthday, I remember going, whew. Like, we made it one more year, like, honestly. But now that I have a daughter who will be 18 and is about to enter the world as an adult, um, my view as a mom has changed from just keeping them alive into really depositing what's in them or into them what's necessary just to be thriving and independent and confident people. So I'd have to do far less caretaking of my older kids, but I really just want to make sure that they know who they are and that they know who yeah. their father is, yeah. and that they are ready for whatever life has. That's good. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's really good. I think that when I first became a mom, I had this stigma of what a mom was. I kind of was like, I'm going to like home cook meals. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have everything together. My kid is not going to do that. I will not do that. And I heard myself, and all of that just went out the window when I had kids because I realized I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really, I don't know if I'm like cut out to do this. And, and I had to kind of take a step back and go like, wow, you know, like I love my kids so much, but I think I just put those thoughts and those things, that pressure on me that God didn't even get, give to me. It wasn't even from him. But um, so I kind of had to reevaluate my mindsets of what a mom really is. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so same thing, you know. Um, yeah, not really having a definition of what a mom is because I'm still trying to walk in that. Yeah, exactly. And so in the grocery store, when the kids, before you had kids and you were looking like, why isn't that mom taking care of her child? All of a sudden was like, oh, I, I was, get it now. I was like, I'll never do the pacifier thing. I, my kid is going to like sleep through the night. I know what I'm doing. And all of that just went out the window. I had great ambition. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Good answers. Um, let's, let's go with this one. Um, what is a character aspect about God that you've recognized in your own parenting? Mercy. (laughs) Mercy for myself, but imparting that mercy to my children as well. Honestly, like, I love the Lord so much. So letting him bring that love to me and showing me that love and being away with him. And then I was better to show that to my kids. So it was like the flow that came in through him and out to my kids. Um, But, yeah, mercy. (laughs) That's good. Very good. Yeah. I had to really learn that my kids were not what they did. Yes. Oh, and yeah. and that, that struck me from the father, you know, when they started doing things that I didn't expect. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. Yes. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And I was like, who are you even? And so when my oldest son, who's now like 6'2", 
and he was this huge, massive man-looking thing <laughs> with, you know, this voice that's so deep. And I started to lose track of who he really was. And so I put a picture, a tiny picture on my wall of him when he was probably three years old. And I just looked at it every day and I said, that's who he, that's who he really is. Because he had started to feel like a stranger to me as he grew up and became a teenager. So I really feel like just like the Lord sees us and sees who we really are, we're not our mistakes. We're not our, our mess ups. We are his and we are special and chosen. And that's, that's wow. how I yeah. try to see them every day. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. That is, wow. That's really good <laughs> you say that because, you know, now that all of our kids are grown, sometimes I've gone through that where I look and I'm like, do I know you? Like, because now they're adults and it's like totally different. So you're I'm kind literally of there right now with my oldest. So yes. Yeah. And I would say um, like in John 14, 16, when the father said, I'll send the Holy Spirit called the paraclete, who's your helper. My husband taught me that word. He's the word guy. Um <laughs> But that was kind of me, like just the encourager, the positive word, like you can do this, you've got this, come alongside. They were in band and choir and science projects and Bible quiz and, you know, all the stuff that you have your kids in. And so I was always like a part of that, just trying to be the encourager. And, um, you know, Brittany, one time she wanted to enter this reading contest and we read like unbelievable amount of books, but she didn't want to win first place. Because that was a trip to space camp, and she did not want to go to space camp. She wanted to win second place so that she could have a computer. So we said, okay, then we're just going to pray. And I came alongside her, and I said, God, let her be the best, but only second place. Only because second. She, and she won. Out of 85,000 kids, Yay. she won second place. She won a computer. Oh, wow. and, and when Luke was little, he wanted to be in Bible quiz, but he wasn't old enough. And so he learned. I just helped him learn all the questions along with Brittany. And so the first year he was in Bible quiz, he was like smoking because he knew it. So it was just like always kind of, <laughs> he was ahead of everybody trying to always be, um, you know, what they needed. And even now that they're all grown, I kind of still see myself as that way. Like just being the encourager, the helper when they call to pray or, um, yeah, you know, just so kind good. of like whatever yeah, they so need good. in that stage that yeah. they're in. Yeah. That's so good. I think for me, um, <clears throat> something I've had to learn from God is flexibility because I can be very rigid. Um, which people who know me are like, really? That's it. No. Um, and being able to see each of my, my boys as individuals and parent them according to their needs yeah. instead of my deficits, if that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, we all parent somewhat from our history. We all parent somewhat from what we were brought up in. And the healing is ongoing for us as parents as well. And that's something I have to teach my boys is like, I am not God. I am not perfect, and I never will be, but I am your mom. So please forgive me because I fail a lot at this. I didn't have a fantastic um, example, and so I'm literally learning all of this as I go. But yet at the same time going, this kid is this, you know, with discernment and knowing the Holy Spirit. This kid is like this and needs this right now. This kid is like this and needs this right now. This kid is like this and needs this right now. Like, right now, my youngest needs vastly more parameters than either of my other two. And for him to be like, it's not fair. You're right. But when you start <laughs> acting like them, you will have parameters like that, you know? And so you have, to, you have to realize. And, like, what I was saying earlier about my oldest lives most of his life outside of my home right now. He has just finished his second year of college. And so what everybody would consider life, friendships, choices, everything is outside of my home things I have no say in. And that's, I have to learn, A, that's fine. 
Yeah. Because he's not me in college. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Miracles. Thank you, Jesus. And he's got amazing people that the Lord has put in his life that I look at and go, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you with my son. I trust you to be his friend because I can't be that friend right now because he lives there, not here. And so learning how to be different at each age and stage and that flexibility that we often don't associate with the father. Those who grew up in church were like, well, God is this way. It's like, actually, he's kind of flexible. I mean, he really is. He is. He knows each of us individually and he parents each of us according to our needs. Not his, because he's not needy. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, and I think that's so good, too, that, you know, you ask your kids to forgive you. Like, I've done that, and it just kind of brings down walls, even as adults. Like, forgive me for all the things that I did not know what I was doing, and yeah. too hard, and all yeah. that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. This is really good. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> um, okay. So what piece of advice would you give to a new mom? (laughs) (laughs) Lean in um, and let go of control. Um, I think that trying to control our circumstances and just letting the Lord, you are married to him. This is the beauty about being his bride is that we get to literally co-parent with him. And so um, for me, it's just, I call it oil breaks. I like literally say, mom needs an oil break, hold on. And I'll go <laughs> off to the side and I'll, and I'll just worship and be with him and say, what do you need me to do? What is this? What's this look like in your eyes? Because with all the voices that we have screaming at us in the world, mm-hmm. Um, they, there's so many things of, you know, and that includes family members and friends. And it's so important just to hear from the father and to know. Um, so then that way we're not resisting it. That way we're actually, um, we're, we're combating fear with drawing in closer to him and leaning into motherhood. Yeah. 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 And I would say don't sweat the small stuff. And most of it is small stuff. You know, there wasn't social media when I was raising kids. And there was enough, yeah, hallelujah. And there was enough pressure. And, you know, is your child in this percentile? And my, thank goodness my pediatrician didn't do that. And, you know, is he walking at the right time? Is he ditching the pacifier at the right time? And, and you know, you just get all caught up in, is my child behind? Does he need to be evaluated? And now with social media, there's every app in the world and every stat in the world. And it just can become very overwhelming. And I remember um, when I was trying to wean Luke of the pacifier, the youngest, and I was talking to somebody that was, I consider very wise. It was their aunt, um, Janelle. And she said, you know, he won't walk down the aisle at his wedding with the pacifier. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, yeah, like it just put things in perspective that, now if you have a 10-year-old and a pacifier, you probably have a problem. But for the most part, it's just, it's not going to be an issue. You know, Brittany... She really didn't talk till she was three years old. She would say words and stuff, but she wouldn't formulate like complete sentences and all of that. And then all of a sudden we were driving by her aunt's house and she said, we need to stop in Aunt Christine's. I need my pink baby. And I about fell out of the car because she'd never done that. And, and from that point on, she just talked like that. And, and Luke at, you know, 
seven months old, I think, went to solid table food because he was so hungry all the time. And my pediatrician was old school. He said, feed him. And he had eight teeth at five months old. So they're all different. And so different. Don't yeah. sweat yeah. the small stuff. Yeah. Just it'll work out. I can relate. I mean, I, I, may have, I may have had my son diagnosed with something when he was little because I thought something. I'm like, well, something's happening. Mm-hmm. And I overthought everything. And I literally was, like, tortured by that because I had so many voices in my head. But, yeah, so I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. 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 I would just say that there's grace for every day. Yeah. Like, there's grace for another day. There's grace for another moment. There's grace for another opportunity. I remember when I felt like I had my first fail as a mom when my oldest daughter was two, and I just was impatient. I was pregnant with her little brother, and I, was, I had had enough. <laughs> enough. She was too. Enough. So I had to send her away from me because I had had enough. And I thought about that for years. She does not remember that at all. There is grace for another day. There is grace for another moment. We can just live and love better next time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I still do that with a 12-year-old. I'm like, no, Mama needs a break. You need to leave. Right right now. I mean, right now. Go somewhere else because it ain't going to be pretty up in here if you don't. And there's times I'll walk around the house going, Jesus, you need to heal these children right now. Right now. Jesus, come right now. Because mama ain't going to handle this. You need to come. I walk around my house praying that way. And the boys will, the boys will confirm this. So. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're nodding their heads. Uh-huh. She does. Um, for me, and this, <sighs> Brian, I love you. Realize for new moms that Jesus is our everything, but he's given us people. Get counseling. For real. Do not be afraid. Postpartum depression is real. Postpartum psychosis is real. Do not let anyone lie to you about that. If you are starting to feel that you can't handle this, go to someone. Don't try and handle it yourself. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't big enough because he is, but Jesus gives us people. That's why we're a body. That's why we are the body of Christ. I am not the body of Christ. I am a part of. So are you. Go see someone to heal with with the Lord, to heal yourself, to be healed, and to save your children. We just had a tragedy up my way. And a postpartum mom. And it's just, I can't get it out of my mind. And so many of her neighbors, like, if she had just said something, I'd have taken the kids. If she'd have just, if she'd have just, if she'd have just. Please, just seek a therapist. Seek Ryan. Seek Desiree. Seek someone in the body if you need to. Anyone. Anyone. Please. It's okay to not know everything. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay to want to break. It doesn't mean you're not a good mom if you want to break. Dear Amen. Jesus. It makes you a better mom. <laughs> I, have, exactly. I have older kids and I want to break. I'm like, all right, child, you need to go outside and ride your bike right now. Seriously, because mama needs a break. No, for real. We, we all need breaks. And there's a lie in our culture that we need to be all things to all people. And we don't because he is all things to all men. And he has given us each other. Utilize that without shame. Yeah. So that's my advice to new moms. Yes, yes. That's great. Anyone else have? I think I'll answer it, right? Okay. So, Jan, this is specifically for you since you're the 
grandma. Do you go by grandma or nana? I or? go by many names. It depends on which child. Well, you got 20, all the, so <laughs> you got a lot of names. Each one of them called me something different. <laughs> wow, so that's Grandma, cool. Grandma Jan. Oh, one it. was Mimi, but for a while we changed that. Change <laughs> so what piece of advice would you give to a new grandma? So I would say, I did not learn this early on, but I learned it as I went. Don't overstep your boundaries. So you're the grandparent. They're the parent. And your parent didn't always agree with everything you did. I remember my dad sometimes going, darn, girl, you can let them get by with that. <laughs> I'm like, Daddy, I got this. It's okay. And um, I've just learned to honor their wishes. You know, we have extremes on both ends. So we have some that parent very scheduled. And we have some that parent very unscheduled, like no schedule. And in the early years, I would try to bring these into more of a schedule because I thought that was what's best. And I would try to bring these out of a schedule because I thought that's what was best and get them in the middle. And I learned that that's my agenda, and that's not my role. And so I try really hard to honor each kid and how they parent and what they want. And I look for opportunities to give advice or wisdom, but I don't just interject it all the time. But there are those moments that that you'll have that you can do that. And um, there are times, like when the kids, none of our kids live immediately in this area, so it's a little bit harder now. But like when they would come over and spend the day or I'd babysit on a regular basis, I'd say, put the phones away or put the iPads away, you know. So you can do things like that. Um, but as a whole, I just try to honor their wishes and do what they want and um, give grace. And you can see, you know things that maybe should be changed, but then you pray about that because that's, yeah, I feel yeah, like, that's my good. role. That's very good. So good. That's good. That's so yeah. good. Thank you for depositing in. Those of us who eventually. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Someday. I've got a little experience <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, okay. So what season of parenting has been most defining in your life this far? For us, I'm sorry. For me, it was, it was foster parenting. Mm. Like we went through several years where we foster parented and we adopted our youngest son. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm probably going to cry. Bringing in the most beautiful children that have undergone the most unimaginable horrors and loving them unconditionally when they don't want you. Mm. I mean, babies, it's a little easier. Granted, you know, some of them are withdrawing from drugs, so they're up all night screaming and stuff, so that's hard. But when you're bringing in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, that have been abused so horrifically and they've been gone from house to house to foster to foster and they come into your house and you're trying to say, you're not leaving unless the state takes you. You're here. Let me be yours and be mine. And especially once they get past the honeymoon period of all oh, act perfect, because if I act, per- if I act perfect, then they won't make me go away. Mm-hmm. And you can see right through that usually. And you'd be like, you don't need to do that. Be yourself because I want to love you that way too. That's been most defining to me because it showed me, it showed me God. More, I love parenting. I love parenting my super healthy kids. But God doesn't just parent his super healthy kids. He parents his unhealthy kids beautifully and perfectly. And that taught me more about parenting than I've ever learned anywhere else is to love when I'm not loved and to love 
transparently, to love vulnerably, open myself to being wounded and harmed by their words, by their actions, by whatever, by the state in some cases, and to just love and to still grieve and mourn that those children, that things happened to them after they left my house and for the ones that I don't know anything about to just pray for that I won't know until I get to heaven unless the Holy Spirit goes, oh, here's what's going on, you know, because he can. Um, But just to pray and to love. So that, to me, defined that the best. And it taught me also about my mom and dad because I was a very damaged child. Mm. And after my mom and dad got saved, they parented me the best they could too. But there's a lot of damage that had been done. Um, But ended up, we ended up being friends which was vital until they went home. So that it was defining to learn how to love the broken. Mm. That's it, yeah. I think mine was when I had my second child, and I noticed quickly, because my first two kids are barely two years apart, um, I noticed quickly as I was approaching about to have him, people would say, oh, it's okay if we don't see you at this, talking about events, talking about church, talking about whatever. And I started to notice people were giving me an out before I needed an out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that bothered me mm-hmm. in a way because I knew that I was called to live and to pour out and to have a life connected with other people. And yeah. I didn't want to be just consumed and overwhelmed mm-hmm. by being a parent. And I remember one morning I was up and I just had my son who was like weeks old and I wanted to go to church and I was getting him ready and We were running late, and I had to stop, and I remember I prayed, Lord, I just want to parent in the overflow. Yes. I don't want to be dry all the time. I don't want to be overwhelmed all the time. Help me to do everything you've called me to be as a woman and as a mother at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I felt like something shifted when that happened. I felt like I was able to live in a way that was different, that wasn't just my son and my daughter being my all-consuming things, but really me being able to have a life called to something full of other people and connected with them, but yet still loving my children that I had. And that, yes. that, that moment I just will never forget because I felt like the Lord instantly just answered that prayer. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. Wow. That's beautiful. For me, it's been after the kids were all grown was the defining moment. And then you start getting feedback like um, when Scott, our oldest son, decided to host Thanksgiving for the first time and took all that pressure off. And after it was over, he said, mom, I had no idea how much work (laughs) you did. And, um, yeah, you have no idea. And seeing him so hungry after the word and apologetics and then seeing Luke when our youngest went in the Marines and I'm getting this feedback from him, like, mom, I've got all the guys going to chapel and I'm telling all the guys it's Halloween. And now I'm And he's like telling me verbatim all the stuff that I told him growing up about, you know, why we're not participating in certain things, you know, and all that. And it's like, it could be me. And then thanking me for teaching him how to clean a toilet because he was the only Marine who hadn't failed a toilet inspection. I'm like, yes. And then watching our, um, you know, Brittany in 2020 pack her Jeep and trek 1600 miles back home to Texas and on her own, I'm thinking how brave and courageous and get a full-time job and then in her degree field and plugged into the church and, you know, and then our, our son, Philip, who would tell me 18 years ago, Mama Jan, like 
you have to pay $90 for a pair of jeans. And this was 18 years ago. And, and then he went to master's commission, was broke for a year, and he ate top ramen soup and burritos. And we went shopping, and he goes, I'm not paying $90 for those jeans. I'm waiting until they go on sale. And I'm like, it, it got through, you know. And, and to see now, like, this son, what he's walking in, and this abundance and favor, and it's like God had to fix that, you know, at that age so that he would have his priorities right. And so when you think you're like butting your head against a wall and it's like, is anything I'm saying getting through here? It's getting through and Yay. it way more is getting through than you realize. And then when they grow up and they start giving you this feedback, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for your grace and for letting me see the fruit of, yeah, I, I did something right. I look forward to that. I'm just <laughs> it's coming. Thank I you. promise I it's coming. It. <laughs> My most defining moment, I would say, was um, when, when I don't know, coming here, honestly, to the mission, moving a couple years ago, um, that was all the things that I, all these dreams I had and all the things um, as a mom for my kids and all the things that I've been praying into, community I was praying for when I felt really alone, um, and just all the things that I saw in my kids and that, and then coming here and having, being in a prophetic community and having everybody just kind of breathe into my kids and, Mm -hmm. and to us and everything. Um, that was just so incredibly, um, special to us, but, um, and defining because I was like, oh, wow, like I was really alone and I'm not crazy that I thought that, or I'm not, you know, and I see this in my kids and you guys see it too. And, um, and it, it just brought me a, another level of a connection um, to the Lord and to, yeah, to this community. Too. Mm-hmm. That's that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Anybody beautiful. else have anything to add? Yeah. Do you guys want to answer it? Yeah. Um, what's one of your funniest moments or memories of being a parent? Oh, my gosh. I'm going <laughs> to take this one. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do I tell the story? No, <laughs> tell it. Tell the story. <laughs> when I tried to have everything together, I ended up, okay, I, I would read the magazines. They were like country magazines. And I was like, okay, I have the chickens. I have the garden. I'm going to can my food. I'm going to do everything. I'm taking pictures of my kids out in the garden. We're reading, you know, classics. And I'm just like, <laughs> I am the best mom ever. And um, I was working myself so hard, though, like deep down, that I was like, but I, this, is my, this is my perception of what I have. And I one day, I went out, I grabbed all my canning goods, and I went out to garden ready to collect. And my son accidentally um, opened up the gate to the chickens, and the chickens demolished oh, everything. And so I grabbed my cans and I thought for some reason, I didn't even know this was in me, but I was like going to have, again, inner healing helped a lot. I I went through inner healing. I'm like, it's it's a constant and ongoing thing. But, um, and, and I walk inside and Forrest is going to laugh, but I walked inside and I look at him and I go, I'm not Amish. And I'm not saying I feel really bad. I feel really bad for saying that I'm blessing the Amish community, but I was like, I'm not Amish. And I sat the cans down and I walked in, he's on his computer. He's like, what just happened? Like, I thought you liked doing these things. And I realized that was when I, had to, that was when I had to like, you know, 
uh, yeah, go through inner healing. And he just came and he was so good to me. He's like, honey, I'm not asking you to be the best mom. I just want you to love our kids. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're doing that. that is the best and you don't have off. to cook. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and from that point on, I was comfortable calling him and going, I don't have everything together. Can you pick out, like, to pick up, you know? And like, and he's like, or take out. And he's like, yeah, I'm totally good with that. And, and so letting go and just being like, okay, this is good. Yeah. And um, yeah, but... <laughs> Peach I love is, it. Peach I love is it. lovely. Confession it's time. Lovely. Confession time. I've never told that story. <laughs> awesome. You're awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. You know, I, I would tell this really funny story about Brittany when she was three, but she would kill me because you can ask me afterwards and I'll tell you because it's really funny, but she won't want it where everybody can hear. But so when our youngest, we tell this story frequently, when he was a senior in high school, all the other ones had moved out and we were at dinner at the kitchen table, us three. And um, we were talking about all the things that we were going to do because we were going to be empty nesters now. And we're just having this nice conversation. Lucas just got like this dumbfounded look. And we're just going on, and I am noticing this. And all of a sudden, Luke goes, what are y'all talking about? Like, your life's over. I'm the youngest. You've done your job. You've raised all the kids. That'll be Hudson with me, I'm sure. Exactly. And we just kept trying to explain to him, and, and, and he just has this, you know, like, and we're like, Luke, we had lives before we yeah. had kids. Exactly, exactly. And he, he didn't get it. He's like the deer, you know, stuck in the headlights, and it was like, shoom, right over the top of his head. And we just, like, went on. And so fast forward a few years later, he's married, has a baby. His kid, Matthew, is 18 months old, and he refers back to this conversation. He goes, Mom. I get it. I have no life for the next 18 years. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. That is true. I think one of my most memorable moments was when I found out I was having twins. Mm. For sure. So I had three biological kids and we were done. <laughs> <laughs> and we were done. <laughs> Until I went to the doctor. Exactly. And I'll never forget the the ultrasound tech scanning me. And she goes, wow, it looks like you have two, your uterus is split. Has anyone ever told you that? And I was like, I've had three kids. (laughs) Wouldn't I know something like that by now? And she said, hold on. And she left the room. And I'm laying there like, what is happening? (laughs) And then she comes back in with the doctor and the doctor goes, no, that's two. And I shot up and I said, two what? (laughs) Two what? And he said, two babies. And I was like, no. So that was a shock and it took me a long time to process it, but they are a huge joy, but I will never forget that day. <laughs> to ever, what? Ever. Oh my God. To what? That's great. That's okay. I had to clear all of my stories with my children. I'm just letting you know. I did. I did. Oh, I had mom. to clear them because they go to church here and they have to live with it. So I am not naming names. <clears throat> not naming names. And this is one that involved all three of them. And it's, it's, it's actually relatively short. So when we lived in our house in Texas, um, we had like, we had, it was two stories and the stairs um, were completely enclosed, like there were walls on both sides to go up, but there was this loft at the top of the stairs, and it was a playroom. We had the toys and the TVs and everything, and the kids could just kind of go up there and do whatever, and we could sit down and watch TV, which was fabulous. <laughs> so the boys were, all three of the boys were upstairs, and they were 
probably four, eight, and ten about the time. And they were upstairs playing, and you know how boys are. You could hear. It's like, all right, we're good. Okay, we're good. Until I hear screaming, we're fine. This is how we roll, okay? This is mama boys. Until you hear screaming, you're good. So Steve wanders over to the bottom of the stairs. Is everybody okay? Is everything all right up there? Is everything okay? Mom! He hit me in the face with Bieber! Now, you need to understand, our youngest child had a bit of a speech impairment, and he had a stuffed beaver. Beaver's name was Bieber, because that's how we said beaver. So he got one of the other two boys, had gotten smacked in the face by another one of the boys, by Bieber. So Bieber became a weapon, big old plastic eyes on the, you know, stuffed animal thing. And I'm downstairs doing everything in my power to stay silent because I am laughing. And my husband is calmly, okay, who was the one who did the hitting? We don't hit, you know, doing the thing at the bottom of the stairs. So I kind of crept over to the bottom of the stairs, peeked up the stairs and said, hey, just to let you know, if we have to go to the urgent care, you tell them you got hit in the face with a beaver, not me. (laughs) They all just stopped. Okay, everybody stand and then moms come up. Okay, I'm getting clarification. Okay, <laughs> get some clarity here. <laughs> So, Father, I just pray over the moms here today. I pray the boldness, the lion come out of the moms, the courageous women out here, that they are born for this, they are made for this. We speak blessing over them. I pray the mind of Christ over each situation that they encounter. I pray the peace that passes all understanding. I pray the confidence that they need, that they've got this. And I pray your grace cover everything in Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for every single mom in the house and every single mom watching. God, I thank you for your grace. I said you pour it out, grace upon grace upon grace, God, that you give them your strength, that the seeds that they are planting will never be taken away from them, God, but that your hand will be on their children and their grandchildren and the next generations. Lord, I just thank you that you're filling each mom with your presence to overflowing so that their homes would be filled with it, their children would be filled with it, and that they live in the overflow. 
Yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. Lord, I pray yes. over these moms. I pray for an impartation of authority yes. in their parenting, God, that they listen to your words. They don't listen to the words of the of just the people around them, of the news and everything else, Lord Jesus, that they would listen to your voice. And that, Lord Jesus, I just pray just that mercy and love and compassion of what you have for them, Lord. Wow, just just love and peace over them, God. Thank you. Yeah. Lord, I release every single mother in this room from the lie of perfection. Yes. I set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. He is perfect, and he is doing all things in and through us. And when we look to him, we are the perfect mom. Thank you, Jesus. It is not about what we do. And I release the identity of motherness outside of activity. That you rest in the identity of mom without what you do being the definition. Be free from shame. Be free from shame for not living up to a world's standard that is constantly changing. We already live up to the standard of Jesus when we have a relationship with him and we know him. And that is the highest standard we must meet. Moms, I release you to live in Jesus, in his peace, in his love, and in his grace. And I release a greater ability to love as he first loved us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so moms, we have a special gift for you today. It's a little shower steamer and a delicious chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have prophetic teams for moms specifically today. So if you're a mom, you get in line if you want to, okay? To so get some encouragement. So thank you for being with us today and have a great week and a great Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. There's a power on my